For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Lead Singer Syndrome. Oh, yeah, baby. We're back. Brand new episode. I'm excited. You should be excited. We're on a hot streak right now. We have had three incredible episodes in a row, maybe four, maybe five. Honestly, I am just so excited about the show right now. And I'm excited you're here. Thank you so much for tuning in to listen to my conversation with Mr. Landon Tours of The Plot in You. He's back on the show. The last time I went to his house in Detroit and we sat at his kitchen table and that was a good time. This time we did it over Twitch, which was also awesome with a little bit of an audience Make sure you are following me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Told, because I'm doing a lot of stuff on there, and it's cool because you can interact with me and Landon, or you could have, but you missed it. Anyway, The Plot in You is back with a fantastic new album called Swan Song. We talk a lot about that, and we also talk about going on tour Because we're going on tour together in like a few days. So I'm really excited to hit the road with Landon and the boys. In fact, I'm excited just to go back on tour in general. It has been over a year and a half since I have done that. So Silverstein is back 
baby, celebrating 21 years of being a band, playing three sets, discovering the waterfront in full, greatest hits, and an acoustic set. That ought to be a good time. Starting it up in Landon's home state of Ohio, going all across America starting November 4th, and finishing off in our hometown of Toronto on December 12th. Tickets available at silversteinmusic.com. Don't miss it. Before we get into my conversation with Landon, I do want to give you a little bit of show information, such as, don't worry, lead singer syndrome will always be free. Free here on the podcast side or free on Twitch, but I do rely on listener support. And if you want to help out the show, check out the All Access Club. That gets you bonus content, bonus episodes, access to merchandise, free merchandise, and of course, you become a part of an awesome community. Shout out to all my sinners worldwide. I love you. I miss you. I miss you. But yes, check out all the information over at leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access for as little as $6. It's all it takes. What is that? That's a fancy cup of coffee, okay? That's all it takes. Check it out, leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. And if you don't have the means, if you just don't want to sign up, that's okay too. All I ask is you tell a friend, tell a loved one about the show, spread the word, and hit that subscribe button on whatever you're listening to this on, okay? Can you do that for me? Regardless, I do appreciate you being here so much. Anyway... I think it's time. It's time. Let's get into it. In my conversation with Mr. Landon Tours of The Plot in You. Yo, Landon, what's up, man? How's it going? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Can't complain, you know. Uh, how are you? Just been uh, getting ready for our tour. Yes. Mentally preparing, trying to remember how to sing, like I said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, it's it's that kind of thing. And, and yes, for people that don't know, we are going on tour together in, well, it's October 12th. November 4th is the first show, so like three weeks. Yep. And it's been a long time since either one of us have really done anything in terms of a live setting. I feel like it's just going to come back. Like it's going to be fine, but there's, I have tremendous anxiety. Oh, same. I usually, I mean, I almost never get nervous before a tour or anything like that, but I have like actual nerves <laughs> about this because by the, by that time, by the time the tour starts, it will have been like almost exactly two years since we've played a show. So yeah, it's yeah. a long time. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah. So you you didn't get cut off or anything in 2020. You you were just off off at that point. So it's been even longer for you. Yeah. So we had a we had a Europe tour that was booked, and um, honestly, I was like kind of relieved that it got canceled just because we were we were supposed to go to the studio like right after it, 
and I didn't have the record ready by any means. I was like, (laughs) as soon as it happened, I was like, honestly, I was like, I was excited. I was like, thank God, like actually spend time on this and it's not going to be rushed. So So this is your fault. You manifested COVID. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I definitely did. It's all my fault. Um, No, well, yeah, saved saved by the COVID. Uh, yeah. I like that. I, I I think every musician can relate to that too. Of like that panic, you know. Oh shit! I got to track this tomorrow, and I don't even have any lyrics written yet. Everyone's gone through that moment, and it's not it's not a good feeling. No, it's very scary. So I, I don't know. At first, it was like it was such a relief, and at first, I was like, man, this is nice. Like. I don't have an excuse to not hang out with anybody or do anything. I can just relax and work on this. And then <laughs> a fucking year later, I'm like, okay, I- I've had enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got my, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm very introverted anyways, but even after that long, even for me after that long, I was like, okay, I think I'd like to see a couple people like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I read some stuff with, you know, some interviews you'd done and your, your blatant, uh, honesty slash um, disregard for everyone else's feelings, telling <laughs> telling everyone that you liked it and you actually were really excited in, about COVID and and yeah, man, just being completely stoked on the lockdown. I know I hate admitting, that. but I mean, it, it, everyone's human experience is different, you know. But I don't know, it just gave me like such a much needed break to just like relax and just hang out with the wife and like start planning our like things in our future and like do things that we just hadn't had time to do. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, for for the most part, it was pretty, pretty great. Great. Well also, uh, congratulations on, on the house. I heard you bought a house, uh, on a lake or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's on Lake, uh, St. Clair. Okay. Yeah. It's one of those canal. I don't know if you've seen them. It's like one of those canal homes. So our backyard is just like a huge canal that leads to the lake and stuff. So Oh, cool. No, I, I mean, where I live, cause I, I live in Windsor, right? You, you know, you know, you know that. Yeah. And I live really cl- actually pretty close to, to, uh, Lake St. Clair. Like, cause I, you know, I live on the, uh, east side of Windsor. So yeah. So I'll just, I'll come get my boat and just pick you up sometime. Yeah. So you have a boat, you got the whole thing, the whole setup. Yep. Got the whole setup right now. Sadly, that season's pretty much over, but it was a pretty awesome summer just going out and drinking way too much all the time and (laughs) it's great well yes and you're going to be drinking way too much all the time on tour presumably um oh dude yeah i mean that's the that's all we're going to be able to do that's the thing right and and that's that was that's kind of the talk right now that we're having internally um is like okay so what's cool yeah right like what can we do because i think i think we all thought okay, we'll go through this period of time. And then like when we're back, we're like back. Right. That's something I feel like, I feel like a lot of people still don't even know is I feel like they don't know like what restrictions these bands are like having to deal with. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think everyone thought like, okay, the the crowd's vaccinated, the band's vaccinated, like it's going to be fine. Yeah. And then turns out like, no, like I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes with other bands, but it seems like almost... I mean, almost every tour has had some incident where someone has had to leave. Yeah. Uh, and, and at worst case, like, you know, uh, like our friends in August, August Prince Red had to cancel like a week of shows because almost their whole 
whole touring party got it. So, you know, that's the reality. So it is going to be a lot of sitting around, mm-hmm. which is going to be weird, but maybe that's your kind of touring. I don't know. Yeah. Personally, like, uh, obviously I like to, I like to go to the gym and I like to go to out to eat and stuff on the, on the road. Those are like two things that I like that kind of keep me sane. So I think this will be interesting. So yeah, I'm just going to heavily rely on alcohol and video games, <laughs> man. I know. I know. No, I, it'll be fine. I'm sure we'll come up with ways to keep ourselves occupied. We love playing like poker and shit like that. So I'm sure we'll just game ourselves. Yeah. That's, that sounds, that sounds fun. I mean, yeah. And, or, or just like you guys are just going to shit in stuff or whatever. Cause I know you like to shit, shit a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We, sh- we love shitting outside, especially on top of each other's shit. That's right. Sure we'll, yes. Yes. We'll do that a lot. Yes. Shout out, shout out to the last podcast, uh, and your, <laughs> and your story, which, which was, uh, beautiful. I had so many people ask me about that after our podcast. <laughs> it's like, was that real? Was that, were you just goofing around? I was like, no, that's very real. <laughs> <laughs> I was dead serious. Yes. We're big into shit stuff for a little while. But no, it'll be it'll be interesting. We'll just have to get creative with things. I don't even think like we're not even technically supposed to like be around each other, right? I don't know. I, I don't know what's happening with that. Um I, I think the the real issue is like obviously we like, you know, one band can kind of control what they do, right? But you don't know what other bands are necessarily doing. But well, I don't know. We're gonna sort it out, and yeah, I, I I'm a pretty social person, as everyone kind of knows. So I'm, yeah. I'm not super looking forward to that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, it's if if it's a, a way back to playing music and getting back on there and doing what we do, I'll take it. Exactly, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, congrats on the house. That's that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. So well, let's talk about the new record, uh, Swan Song. It, it's out now. This thing's awesome, man. It's been out for about a month now. I think this record took a lot of people by surprise. Kind of a weird record. Do you agree? Yeah. Like, was it weird? Is it weird to you? Because because it, it's kind of a weird record. Yeah. I mean, I had way too much time to work on it, you know? So it was just kind of like, I don't know. I, I pretty much just worked on it when I felt like working on it, which was like, Moving forward, that's kind of how I want to approach every piece of music that I do. Yeah, it is a weird record, and but it's it's very catchy, and each part seems to have a lot of meaning. But I feel like now, and and I mean your solo stuff as well. I feel like there really aren't a lot of rules anymore in what you can do. Um, and if, you know, you're trying to be like a hardcore band or a metal band or whatever, it's like, well, you kind of just threw that all out the window. Is that make it almost harder now to, to make decisions? Kind of like, I mean, I definitely with plot, especially, I know that like there are like small boundaries, like I can pretty much do an experiment with whatever for the most part, but like, we're still like a, a a band with real instruments it's not like i could just write like a straight up pop song and it would work whereas like with the solo stuff i can do absolutely anything i want so like there are a couple little parameters but like yeah for the most part like i think our fans have just grown to know that we're not gonna ever kind of do the same thing twice and yeah to to not really expect anything because yeah i try i try to change it up as much as possible with with each record because i just get bored with, you know what I mean? Like I can't, I can't just do the same thing over and over. It's just, it's not, that's not art to me. So totally, I don't know. I just, I try to 
tra- change it up as much as possible. But this one, again, like, I think just being able to take steps back as much as I needed to and just, like, come back whenever I just felt passionate about it, I think that was, like, really the key component to why it came out the way that it did, you know? Absolutely. I, I found it very interesting, too, how the record was layered tonally. Like, some some parts have programmed drums, other parts don't. Mm-hmm. And I really wonder how you came to those decisions. I know you worked with Drew Folk. I, I, originally, I thought it was kind of like you made demos and he recorded the record, but I later found out pretty much no, you pretty much did everything and just he kind of came in at the 11th hour and sort of helped you out on some songs. But how did that work with putting all that together? That was just, just in your brain? Uh, yeah, so like this record, as opposed to like previous records, I I focused more on sample. Like I'd find a sample like almost every song starts with a, a sample of some sort. And I tried to build the song around that rather than building a song off of like a riff or a vocal idea. It was just, I wanted to try a different approach. So what do you mean by sample? Um, just for people listening, like, like, like where would you get a sample or how would you start with that? So like the, the, the intro to um, face me, for instance, that bump, 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 that sound. I don't even know what that is. It was just a sound that I found on splice randomly. And I was like, that's really cool. And then I kind of pieced everything around just that one tiny sound. Hmm. And that's pretty much every, every song on the record. It was just like a sound that I found either like on splice or like something in one of my, um, recording programs, like synth or just like a pad or something like that. Almost every song was, uh, it started from just one sound sample and then everything was kind of built around that and then when it came with drew came to drew though we we went to him in like last september with i think seven songs and they were pretty far along like they were pretty much finished and then we're just like what can you do to like put the cherry on top of all these you know and do you hear anything that sounds off so we ended up like shifting a couple songs around like cut a couple parts, like even sped up the tempo of a couple songs. And then ultimately kind of went back and like, even after that and kind of undid a lot of that stuff, but we still ended up keeping like a lot of like his, um, transitional effects and like some of the, some of his like added production and stuff. But yeah, I mean the whole intent to going to him was just like, can you see this through a different lens? Can you see, you know, is there anything you can do to make these even better? And he, he's really good at doing that. But I think he really shines like in the songwriting aspect and stuff like that. And I think building things from the ground up with him is usually the way to go. But it was definitely worth going out there for, for sure. Like, I think he really made a few of the songs like really shine in a way that I don't know if I could have gotten them there, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, you're a producer by trade. I know that that's something that you do you know, when you're not on tour, you, you, you record other bands and, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, now shifting this into your more, your own music, like, is that kind of important to almost legitimize like your producing career in a way? Like, I always think it's funny when bands like they have their, like they have their own record label, but they're not on their own record label. It's like, we have our own label. Would you like to sign to it? We're not putting our own records out on that. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like that. Like, well, I'm not producing my own records. I need to get a professional, but I'd love to produce your record. Right. Like, is there any thought in your head about that too? Of like, maybe I'm, maybe I should be up for the challenge to be like, Hey, like I need to, I should trust myself with my own music. Yeah. That's cool. You bring that up. Cause like, so before COVID happened, we had planned 
to go to Drew for this this record. And we had kind of a game plan for how we were going to do it all. And then once COVID happened, I was just kind of like, I've been producing really hard for like the last two years, like really putting in work. And I'm like, you know, I felt very proud of myself and how far I'd come and, and stuff like that. So I was like, why would I put this in somebody else's hand whenever I know exactly how I want it to sound? I have like a very mm -hmm. clear exact vision you know for this record and i don't know if anyone could possibly like translate it the way that i i feel like i could you know what i mean for sure so i was like and it's scary like i'm obviously you're competing with some of the best producers in the world whenever you do stuff like that because you know especially coming out on a, a, a label and stuff you're you're it is really competitive so i was just like you know what like i feel like it's time to just like kind of show my chops these days and show what i'm capable of and it's like you know it puts a lot of a lot of stress and a lot of uh, uh a lot of pressure on me which is something i just feel i needed some kind of uh i needed some kind of a task you know during covid and i felt like this was a, a really good learning experience for me i don't think i did a perfect job by any means but like just to have that time to like really focus on one thing and like fine-tune it and make it my baby i think i just really needed that even for, for my mental health too sure man well i'm i'll tell you i i was super impressed and i i assumed it, drew mixed the record or you know or, or whatever and he didn't it was you so that that's really impressive i mean how did you learn all this stuff you've been you've been in this band like for 11 years you know you obviously there was before before their eyes and everything else you've been doing like you've been an on the road guy where did you find time to learn to learn all this stuff and and how I started recording back, it was like 11 years ago, when we were doing records with Joey Sturgis, my old band. Mm -hmm. So I learned a lot from him back then. And uh, so after after the last time we did a record with him, I, I learned so much. I was like, I feel like I could start like practicing with like some local bands from around my area. So I just like, you know, I think I charged like $100 a song for <laughs> for like the first year or something like that. But I got a lot of work from just like local bands around the area. So yeah, just in between every tour, like for the past like 10, 11 years, in between tours, that's just what I did to make money. And because uh, especially like in the earlier years, I wasn't making any, literally anything on tour. So I was like, I got to, this is this has got to be my trade. Like I've got to fine tune this. And, uh, so yeah, I just like really, really got deep into that. But then like the past couple of years, we got so busy with touring and stuff like that. I really didn't have the opportunity to work with many bands, like a couple, like in between, but usually I just didn't have enough time. So yeah, once COVID happened, especially it was just like, okay, here's my window. Like I need to, I need to practice like crazy. I need to take on as many projects as I can handle mentally and just like, really because i mean who knows how long i'm going to be touring for anyways like the end goal is to be a producer okay d does that have anything to do with the swan swan song title because that's a freaky title man for your fans like <laughs> people are like what do you mean swan song i mean for people that don't know that expression it means like the last piece of work the last the final thing like so right. I don't, i'm not sure if i've pulled the meaning out of the the lyrics myself yet um but i'd love to hear you know the uh the reasoning behind that yeah so i mean as far as like saying goodbye to the band that kind of thing um i mean we never know like <laughs> every record is just kind of like yeah let's just see how it goes like i don't think any of us would be like miserable without the band or anything like that 
but like <laughs> I don't know the the record's more so saying goodbye to like we've been such a negative band for so long like pretty much every record has been extremely negative and just like all the subject matter has been just extremely depressing and stuff like that so it's more so saying saying goodbye to like an extremely negative era of our band and kind of moving past well just negativity in in general okay and uh kind of focus moving forward with whatever i do musically just kind of moving forward with a a more mindful approach trying to talk about different subjects that maybe have gotten a little tired you know what i mean so this was kind of just like the last i'm just gonna expel all of this this shit into one last record and then kind of hopefully move on to more positive or just intellectual subject matter you know Right, or the next record might be like a like the Wiggles cover record or something like that. I would love that. Yeah, just going straight posy. Funny you say that because I I punish the band with the Wiggles all the time on tour. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I'm given the the Bluetooth speaker, the first thing that's coming out is the Wiggles. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's it's interesting you talk about you know your band. So I mean, so honestly and frankly, and you say things like. Like, well, you know, I don't think anyone would be that heartbroken if it was over or whatever. Like, we'd survive. Yeah. Very interesting things people don't say all the time. I do a lot of interviews and people don't say stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, it's really interesting to me how your popularity has just steadily climbed. You know, there hasn't been like a big breakthrough radio single or anything. It's it's just the word of mouth over basically a decade, you know, your two friends tell their two friends who tell their two friends and, and like it's just really worked out yeah and i don't know how much you you think about that i mean you know you look at your spotify monthly listeners 1.3 million that's a big number right um a lot of people would look at that and not expect it maybe just because they kind of woke up one day and here's the plot and you absolutely crushing it yeah is that something you, you ever think about kind of i mean dude it's it's weird like on our first record label, we were on Rise for a while. You guys are on Rise, right? We were. We're on uh, UNFD now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so when we were on that, we started out on that label and like not talking shit, but like they really very clearly didn't care that much. You know what I mean? It was kind of just like almost like a favor, I think, to somebody and maybe even to me slightly too, since I was on there with my old band before their eyes yeah yeah so <laughs> there was really no like push from them we could just tell very clearly that we were not a priority by any means which was fine it was whatever and then we moved to another label in between that we're i mean we were kind of the only band on that label and it was just a brand new little things so they didn't really have a lot of pull with people mm -hmm. and then finally like almost 10 years into our career we moved to fearless and it takes us almost two almost three years to even get a record out on that label just because the process just took forever so it was just like fine but finally with fearless they were the first label that they were like okay we're gonna put some money into you we're gonna like really you know give you guys an honest shot and it worked you know like we had our biggest record by far so sadly i just i don't think we had ever gotten the, the kind of push to like really put us out to the correct audience or anything so i mean because of that we just pretty much took any tour that we could to yeah to get our name out there you know what i mean and that kind of it kind of breaks you mentally whenever you <laughs> take every tour so it was like i mean we really grinded it out for for many many years for this band to 
to pop off. So, I mean, it's, it is definitely cool to see it work, you know, finally reaping some of the benefits from that work. But at the same time, we're all getting older too. And like, I mean, obviously we've just talked to, you know, I'm doing the producing stuff and that's like, that's like my true, true passion. So I think we're just kind of taking it record by record at this point, you know, like if it's still fun, if it's still something we feel passionate about, we'll keep doing it. But if it gets to a point where it's just like, this is just a drag, then fuck it. I don't care. I'll stay home. <laughs> you know, it, it is really interesting that you say all that about the, the, the labels and stuff. And yeah, fearless. Uh, I mean, fearless are one of the best labels, no doubt. And you're in great hands over there, but yeah. I had somebody, um, saying, uh, talking about you guys and going like, Oh yeah. Like I think they're, I think their new records like way better than their first one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, definitely. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> and they meant, they meant your last record, like dispose, like they thought that was your first album, which is kind of psycho, you know, for how much you've done. Yeah. But a lot of it was like truly under the radar. Yeah. I, that's, it's super weird. I, I actually had, I've had tons and tons of people since dispose came out. Like, yo, I just found your old discography. Like it's crazy. Like I didn't even know that you guys had stuff before that. Cause for like the last three years, our top songs have all been disposed songs on like Spotify and stuff like that. So yeah, most people that know of us, like that's why we barely even play old songs anymore. Cause it was like, what was the point? Like most of the people in the crowd had no idea what was going on. <laughs> like literally had never heard some of our biggest old songs, you know? So yeah, which is kind of cool. That's every band's dream is to not have to play their old shit. So <laughs> <laughs> the quicker we can get old songs out of the way, the better. I, I, I'm sure you can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, someone here in the chat, let's go devil says, uh, one of his favorite tours of all time was, for today, like Mazda Flames, Straight from the Path, The Plot in You, and Fit for a King. Interesting. That's a hell of a lineup. I wish I could say the same, that I enjoyed that tour, but <laughs> uh, fit, uh, well, For Today fans did not like us at all. Yeah. <laughs> we had some merch that had like some... Uh, kind of like anti-religious themes yeah and our our merch guy was getting like threatened and like people were just being super rude and mean people were like trying to pray over us during our set it was weird <laughs> yeah it's kind of a weird tour like you guys straight from the path definitely like not cut from the for today cloth yeah um to say the least like Mazda flames maybe somewhere in the middle and fit for a king fit for maybe they like fit for a king fans uh, i mean i mean they, they like that band but yeah <laughs> Definitely. That was there. And now people are defending happiness and self-destruction. Of course, people are defending it in the chat as well, but, um, but no, man, I mean, it's just, you know, you have this, all of a sudden this, this, um, this breakthrough and like, do you ever look at, I guess it hasn't happened because the last year and a half, but you look at like maybe a festival billing and you're like, holy shit, we're above that band. Like, or, or, or wait, are, are we supposed to be here? Like, that's always a weird internal sort of feeling too right that comes over you yeah definitely i mean even i mean for instance doing your guys tour like the last time i toured with your band uh i think we opened i'm pretty sure we opened yeah i think so yeah so i mean yeah that's always it's always really interesting i mean we even have some tours next year booked with with bands that like i personally really really like and we're like right under them or like right next to them so i mean yeah that's definitely it's a cool feeling for sure. It's just, like I said before though, for me, it's just like, as long as it's fun, you know what I mean? Like 
I don't ever want to be doing this and like dreading things, which I've been to that point with, with this band a couple of times, but like, as long as it's enjoyable, as long as, you know, it still feels like I still feel passion about it, then it, you know, I'll keep it around. But <laughs> that's, that's really the biggest thing for me. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. I just pulled up the tour poster here. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to share this to your screen. Is this the before their eyes one? Yeah. I don't even remember who else was on that. So we got Bless the Fall. Oh yeah, I forgot Bless the Fall was on that. Yeah, so it's it was um Silverstein, the Almighty Norma Jean. Yep. Uh Bless the Fall and and Before Their Eyes. This was two thousand nine, March to May. And yeah, that tour was was like real weird because That's a, yeah, that's a very odd lineup. Well, Norma Jean dropped off the tour after like a week and a half and then oh yeah why I feel was it like we got another band on i forget who it was was it oh yeah didn't i think it was cancer bats oh yeah that could be right yeah do you remember why norma jean dropped off or can you not say <laughs> well well I, I i don't i'll say now um that was a whole thing yeah we so we had some issues um and it was like probably partly our fault too but so what happened was uh, they had, there was one show where we had a hard curfew. I want to say it was like Denver and they basically like, they had, were having some issues getting on stage. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we said, look, like you guys have to be done at this time because like it's a hard curfew. We, the show can't like, we can't play any, a note past, you know, 11 or whatever, whatever the time was. Yeah. So they started like, I want to say they started like a half an hour late. Oh, dang. So it was getting like right up to, you know, like the time they had to be done. Yeah. So our, I guess our tour manager like went and told their sound um, person like, hey, um, you know, like they got this, this has to be their last song. Mm -hmm. And there was a miscommunication or something. And basically he ended up freaking out and pulling the plug on, on them. Oh God. <laughs> so yeah, we pulled the plug on Norma Jean, which for anybody that's toured like that doesn't just doesn't happen like yeah i don't know maybe i can maybe twice in our whole career have we ever had the plug pulled on us yeah so yeah we we had we, we had to or we wouldn't have been able to we still had to cut songs as i recall yeah so um there was a huge blow up and everyone was freaking out <laughs> damn that's crazy uh rich rich is here. rich was on the tour i think so um he'll he he'll i don't know if he remembers it the same way um um as i do rich is in the chat here yeah i'll have to <laughs> so yeah like i don't know it was just real awkward for the next little while yeah and then we played in california it was like sacramento and uh um cory came up to me the singer for norma jean came up to me and said hey like we got to drop off the tour uh and i was like okay he's like yeah our drummer's wife is pregnant she's having like some issues mm -hmm. i was like oh god oh yeah well yeah go you know go home you know take take care of whatever you have to take care of. And like, right. I didn't think like I, it may be in the back of my head or after the conversation, I was like, well, could you get another drummer? Like I did that. Didn't, <laughs> I didn't really process that. I just processed like, Oh shit, like family emergency, like get out of here. Right. And it was weird because then they left and I went up to the drummer and I was like, Hey man, I hope like everything's okay. And he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when it, it should have clicked. But basically there wasn't, she was pregnant, Yeah, but, there wasn't really an issue and they kind of made that up, which Interesting. seemed kind of shitty. And then they left and yeah. then they talked a lot of shit on us after that. Gotcha. Um, and we were, 
yeah, we were like not cool for a few years. And then I, I talked to Corey later on and I squashed, squashed the beef with, with a bunch of those guys. And like, it's, you know, we're fine. We're fine now. Like if I see Corey, I'd definitely like, like say what's up and, you know, have a beer with him or whatever. But like, it's, um, yeah, it was weird, man, on that tour. And I don't know how much you guys knew about it or whatever. Dude, no, I literally knew nothing. Maybe maybe I've just forgotten since it's been so long. But, like, honestly, that tour was so long ago, I barely remember anything about the tour. Like, yeah, all the, I feel like almost all the tours I've done have just kind of melded together in my mind at this point. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you were, so you were in, you were in, um, before their eyes while we were talking about it, and you probably never talk about it, but, like, Elliot was in that band at that time, right? Elliot that joined Bless the Fall? Yeah, yep. Him and I were in a band together for, I think it was, like, a year and a half maybe two years and then um as our band was kind of like falling apart um we're like trying to find a new singer and all this stuff i was like about ready to jump ship i had already like had the idea for plot and stuff yeah and then i guess Bo called him and was like hey would you have any interest in interest in joining our band like this dude is leaving or they're kicking him out i can't remember yeah he left Mike Mike Frisbee. Yeah, he left, and then he was like doing Warp Tour and doing all these huge tours, like almost immediately. I was honestly, I was like kind of jealous at first. I was like, damn, like he just got to like skip ahead all this shit and like get all these awesome tours. But I'm very happy for him, though, man. He's he's a great great guy. Yeah, he 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 is a great dude. And yeah, but yeah, here you are. I mean, yeah. you know, proof that slow and steady does win the race. And putting your head down and working on your music. Uh, really has been has been awesome, man. And and congrats on on the new record, Swan Song. It is it is out now, everybody. Thank um, also, you know, I, I I really wanted to ask you about about a bunch of the solo stuff too. Um, Frontal Lobe Submission, six song EP, which just came out like earlier this year, right? Yeah, I think it was like January of this year. Yeah, yeah. So talk to me about like how you know how do you kind of work these two projects together? Um, are you doing like solo shows is that in the works um yeah what's what's like your take here on kind of balancing your your career uh, i mean like with the solo stuff it's more relaxed like i mean i'm in full control over whenever i tour or you know or release anything like i don't i'm not under the label um i don't even know how that works i just kind of do it and they don't get mad at me <laughs> so, uh, so uh so yeah I, I, what's that that's i'm just laughing that's funny. <laughs> yeah it's just kind of like an unspoken like thing i don't know but anyways so i yeah i do i do tour with that um here and there it's usually like maybe once a year or something like that like the last tour i did was with tillian actually from uh dance gavin yeah and that was that was really cool but yeah it's just kind of like in between things with plot whenever i feel like i have the stamina to do it you know because I really do, I have a lot of love for, you know, doing the solo stuff because I get to take out a whole different crew than, like, the plot crew. It's like, get, just get to hang out with a whole different group of people. It's a totally different dynamic and stuff. But, um, like, for that last EP, I, I literally just wrote stuff for that EP whenever I was, like, bored with writing plot stuff. So it was kind of just, like... I had these two things like if I got bored working on one I'd move to the other or if yeah. I got bored with both I'd work on stuff for other people and stuff so I don't know those two projects kind of just kept me sane through all of COVID and stuff like that and but yeah the solo stuff like I would talk earlier like with plot there are like certain parameters like certain boundaries that I 
I have to kind of like stay within. But with the solo stuff, it's it's a blast because I can literally do any kind of record, any style, any genre, and, and it's like it's fine. You know, like nobody's gonna be mad at me. The people already already know to expect that the next thing's never gonna be like the thing before it. You know, so. I just love experimenting. That's that's really what it comes down to, especially with music. I just I love to try different genres and t- you know just challenge myself. And like for instance, I put out like a like a blues rock record like four years ago, four or five years. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about that. I'm not. I don't even really. I don't even really like blues, <laughs> but I was like. I want to like kind of take on something that I'm not even really that familiar with and kind of like put my own spin on it. So yeah, it's just kind of, I think it's a thing that just, it's kind of just like working out your brain, you know, just like it's a, a muscle. I try to exercise as many different ways as possible. So it's a blast. I love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a question here. A couple questions are going to come in in the chat here. I know you can't see it the way you got your setup is, but um, I'll curate them beautifully. Cool. Uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, has, hasn't been talked about already. He'd love to hear why Plot and you never did Warp Tour. Were you never offered or did you refuse? That is a very good question that no one has ever asked me. We never got asked. They never asked us. Every year I wanted to do it so bad because all of my friends were doing it. And uh, just having a blast it looked like. And uh, yeah, we just never got an offer. And um, I kind of think I know why. And I don't know if I can discuss it on here, but I think it had to do with a beef with someone like from from way, way back, which that person has already apologized to me. And uh, and it was over some really stupid bullshit. But I I've heard different things like over the years that have kind of led me to believe that that was kind of a, a driving factor in that. But I'll never know for sure. I think I might know who you're talking about. Yeah. And that would, yeah, that would make sense, I guess. Um, yeah. Warp Tour is not typically one to take sides. Yeah. Obviously, they don't want drama either, but they, they do, you know, tend to be like, all right, we, we want bands that are drawing on the tour. We don't really care if you don't like each other. Yeah. So get over it. Yeah. But that, that being said... I don't know how much, you know, bands go into something being like, all right, in our contract, no plot in you. Like, does that, like, does that ever happen? Like, I, I you bring up Norma Jean. I believe that there's a rumor that they didn't play Furnace Fest because every time I die, I wouldn't play if they were playing. That's a rumor I heard too. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, this person's band was significantly bigger than my band. So if there was even like a whiff of like, it would make them more comfortable if we weren't there, then it would have gone that way. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I mean, that could have been that. I mean, sometimes Warped Tour has, has strange ideas about what a band is, too. Like, I remember one time we were told, uh, this would have been like 2011-ish, mm-hmm. we were told that that we weren't getting an offer because they were they'd already had... Uh, I think it was Delaware's Prada and August Burns Red, and they named like five metalcore bands. Yeah, and we're like, well, we're not really metalcore, and we've done the tour like since '05, so like that's weird that you're just lumping us in there. And eventually, they did put us on the tour, but I would never consider you guys a metalcore band. It's like screamo rock, maybe. <laughs> yeah, sure. 
yeah. whatever. Uh, no, I don't know. It was just, it was just, it's just funny sometimes, I guess, how, you know, certain bands get pigeonholed. Like, I bet, I bet you guys, it was like, oh, another Rise band. Well, exactly. We already have, yeah. we already have Dance Gavin Dance and, and, um, uh, you know, whoever else was, was big on Rise Records back in eight years ago. Honestly, that might have just been the thing. Or, like, we just may not have even been on the radar at all, you know? Yeah. So, who knows? Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Exactly. Um, uh, Pitsnoggle44 is asking, will this be a butthole tour? <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> I expected you to know. You're laughing. I mean, I'd love it. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm, I'm here. I'd show up for it. If I get paid, especially, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> okay. A butthole tour. We'll leave that. We'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> someone else says here that they went to the Tilly and Landon tour. It was fucking awesome. Landon made his live band binge drink on stage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That happened a couple times. We, that was just kind of our theme <laughs> for like most of that tour until we just physically couldn't handle it anymore. Especially my uh, keyboard slash guitar player. I don't know. It just became part of our show that I would just get him annihilated. <laughs> but most, some of the time we would put water in the vodka bottle. So it just looked like I was getting him obliterated because <laughs> the show has to go on. But that was a, that's a little secret. So don't spread that around. <laughs> wow. Everything is fake. Nothing is real. That stays in the chat. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We won't, we won't spill the beans on that. Um, another question here from, from uh, beards and vinyl. And I know, I know he works in, in the music industry. Um, so this is an interesting question. Was there any talk about possibly pushing back the album's release to when the vinyl is produced, I guess, ready? Uh, a few bands have been doing that lately. And it definitely does, you know, hurt the numbers and stuff, not having that, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we found out, I think it was like a week or maybe two weeks already after we like started rolling out the record. So it was like a little too late for us to. But yeah, we were extremely bummed about that. Um, yeah. Still are, honestly. Like, if we could go back in time, I would have just like demanded that we wait. But... Uh, I mean, but then again, we wouldn't have new material to play like on your tour and stuff like that. So I don't know. I know under oath, I've, I've talked to the, some of the dudes from that band about they were dealing with the same thing. I think their record was supposed to be out like this month sometime or maybe even sooner. But they decided to wait because the, they didn't want to release it without the vinyl. It just sucked, dude. It, it really fucked over a lot of people. And it's really no one's fault. But yeah, it was a bummer yeah. for sure. Well, there's Don, Don Broco is another one. Their record, I think, was supposed supposed to be out by now. It's coming out in maybe next week. It's coming out soon. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, so lots of bands are, are doing that as well. And it's, yeah, man, it's the reality. Like, everything is scarce. Yeah. Um, merch, that's the thing. Make sure you guys are getting on ordering merch because yeah. I've heard it's hard to get t-shirts. They're running out of out of garments and they're running out of ink. That's the latest. That sucks. Ink shortages. God. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yes. <laughs> Literally every place that I, every single place in the city that I live in has a help wanted sign. Isn't that so? It's just so fucking weird. Yeah, it is. It is really weird. I don't understand. I thought. How are people paying to live? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's strange that I keep hearing about that. You know, I, I've been, I was doing a little bit of traveling like last week and, mm -hmm. and seeing signs like, like outside bars being like, 
you know, help wanted seriously as just, you just have to show up on time and we'll give you a job, like apply within like people are so desperate. And I don't know if like, if it's because people are getting money from like, uh, uh, COVID relief, like stuff, is that happening in certain States? Like, I don't know. It it was happening in Canada, but not anymore. Right. So I don't know. It's really strange. I mean, it's just weird to see the effect it's having in like every industry and every corporation. You know what I mean? Strange. (laughs) Absolutely. And Pitsnoggle clarifies about the butthole tour. He says, show your butthole. This was in the last episode. Landon was was on lead singer syndrome. Okay. So, he really wants to know. Somebody really wants to see. Maybe I'll start an OnlyFans. Just, just butthole picks. <laughs> and the other personal question we have is: Is there hair under that hat, or are you fully shaved? There is. It's a uh, so that's a that's actually a pretty funny story. So I was I was shaved. I was growing my hair out like pretty much all summer, and then uh, it was my birthday. Like I don't know three weeks ago or something like that. And I was like, I really miss having like a shaved head like earlier in the day. My wife was like, well, you should do it. I was like, no, I've been working way too hard, like growing this hair out. And then we went to dinner that night and like one of my best friends just got me like belligerent, like blackout. Like I don't even remember leaving or anything like that. And I got home and I guess my wife, <laughs> I guess she says that I just walked straight to the bathroom and picked up the razor and just started hacking away at my hair. And, uh, I just woke up and I had a bald head. I was like, well, all right. Well, this is life now for a little while. <laughs> but it's it's getting it's getting back to normal-ish. That reminds me of, uh, of an old Taking Back Sunday story too. I think there was the story that Adam Lazara was watching like MTV or Fuse or whatever in this. I won't say what band it was, but video came on that was like a pretty big ripoff of Taking Back Sunday. Uh-huh. And he just got up and went in the bathroom and shaved his head immediately because he just was like, fuck this. That let, like they can have it. Yeah, that's awesome. Because it was someone ripping off, ripping him off so bad with his hair and his microphone swinging or whatever, you know, his signature moves. But that's the that's the old story. I don't know if it's true. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I just I don't like having hair. It just bothers me. Yeah, it's not great. Like, though, like when I see those old pictures of, you know, probably the, the same era of when we toured together, you know, Oh nine. Yeah. And I just look at it. I'm just like, man, that was, that sucks. Yeah, the, the swoopy hair that covers one eye. Like <laughs> uh, everything about it sucked. I guess it was cheaper. You didn't have to, you don't have to buy uh pay to go to the barber as much, but yeah, that's true. That era of style just was not great. <laughs> yeah. No, not great. Not great. <laughs> not great. Not great. Anyway, um, Landon, uh, dude, thank you so much for for um, doing this. Congrats on the new record. I love it so much. I've been I've been listening to it so much. I love I love how weird it is, but the songs are still great. Thank you. I'm really excited to hear these live. Are you guys prepared? Like, no. That's the one thing about you know. You say, oh, no band wants to play their old stuff. Playing your new stuff is can be hard, right? Especially these days when stuff isn't worked out together with a band as as easily like like are you guys starting to prepare that stuff <laughs> maybe they are <laughs> i uh <laughs> i i like i told you before this started i've been like as embarrassing as it as it is i've been like trying to sing along to our songs like in the car when i drive places and stuff and uh 
I, I can definitely tell that it's like possible for me. I can definitely, I think I can get there, but I think I'm going to go buy a mic because I don't even own a mic anymore. I don't know what happened. I lost it in the move. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go buy like a handheld mic and just start like practicing in the studio like a, like a kid. Do it up. <laughs> yeah. But look, I mean, I have the instrumentals so I can just blast away. Yeah. And one last question here. Did we talk about plot going viral on TikTok yet? Did that happen? I'm not much of a TikTok user. Yeah, so ra- randomly, like, I don't know, I want to say like three weeks ago, um, some big fitness TikToker used Feel Nothing in one of his TikToks, and the TikTok blew up. And then tons of other uh, fitness TikTokers started using that song, too, to, like, make their videos and there there are some really really funny ones if you get bored you should look it up but but yeah it was just like out of nowhere and then feel nothing was starting to stream like 1.3 million a week i think it even got up to like 1.5 million a week wow at one point so it was like yeah i think it just hit like 40 million recently on yeah it's i see 41 million yeah it is it is huge that's crazy Wow. Well, hey, I mean, we'll take what we can get, man. Right. At this point. Exactly. Yeah. It was like right around the time we were like putting the record out and stuff like that. So that was like, that was cool. You know, definitely got to reach out to a a new audience of buff, buff people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully at our shows, we'll see just like a crowd of just jacked people everywhere. <laughs> Hopefully yeah, not. Actually, man. I, don't, I don't. I don't need to be. I don't need that kind of pressure. Yeah, same. Uh, anyway, man. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I'm gonna play a song for the people not here on Twitch, but on, on the podcast side of things from the new record. Do you have a favorite? I I kind of wanted to ask you what your favorite was. Uh, I mean, I really love the intro song "Letter Letters to a Dead Friend," but I think uh, "Both to Blame" I think is one of my one of my favorites. All right, "Both to Blame." I'll play that one for the people. Cool. Right here. Oh, yeah. Landon, thank you so much, man. Dude, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. See you soon. See you in like three weeks. Yep. I'll see you soon. Well, maybe. <laughs> no, it's happening. There's no maybe. We're, we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll see you, dude. All right, man. Peace and love, dude. Take care. Yeah. Later. There it is with Landon. And yes, yes, yes. The tour is happening. We are about to leave. I'm so excited. Come check it out. Okay. Tickets are on sale now. Silversteinmusic.com. It's my band, Silverstein, Landon's band, The Plot and You, and also special guests, Can't Swim. They've got some awesome new music out now as well. So yeah, be there. I want to thank Landon so much for taking the time to speak with him and wish him all the best. And don't sleep on this new Plot and You record, by far their best. I am loving it. Swan Song, don't worry, not their last record. I think they're going to be around for years to come writing banger after banger. Speaking of bangers, I'm going to leave you with a tune. This is one Landon picked himself, both to blame. Here it is on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next time. It never made much sense. I never gave you what you need. Grew a separate.